Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 241. I am your host, Greg. I am here tonight with Ryan and a meatless Tyler. How are you guys doing tonight? Ryan, I'll let you go first because I'm going to wait for Tyler. Uh, I wanted Tyler <laughs> to go first just to get his story and dis- apparently week of dismay out of the way. I'm good, though. I'm uh, waiting to play Starfield. I haven't had to play it, unlike some people on here. It's amazing. Um, I've heard fantastic things. I've already seen some people that have remade a, an X-Wing in the Millennium Falcon. Yep. He's spoken highly of his smuggler life. So I'm looking forward to logging the in. Game, the game is phenomenal. It is absolutely. For, okay. Aside in free advertising, I guess, for anyone with an Xbox or a gaming PC, Starfield is an absolute must buy. I mean, for me right now, so far, it's like, it's at a 9 out of 10. And I am only 7 hours into it. So it's it's absolutely amazing. Tyler, um, you can no longer say you're meat free in 23. How are you feeling? I can't speak. I can't function. But here I am gutting through it. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I mean, just going through the uh, the wonderful sinus infection, um, early fall kind of bullshit. But um, we're here. We're talking hockey. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I hope you didn't tell tell them the story about last week why I wasn't on the podcast. Apparently, you didn't you listen didn't, to the episode. You last didn't week. listen to the first five minutes. I I, I, I didn't. I've been really busy the, the last week, but um, yeah. I mean, I can't really defend myself. I just I I guess I didn't chew my food well enough, and it ended up somewhere it shouldn't have. And uh, you know, I had to force myself you had to, meat to get rid of in it. Your throat, Tyler. Meat stuck in your throat. What what was it? I got to know. What were you eating? It was a piece of chicken that I guess, uh, so it was a little drier than I would have liked it to be. Now, one of the little pieces had a little bit of bone in it. And so I think instead of like chewing it well or getting rid of it, I was like, no, I can just swallow it. And so I did. And I was fine. And then I went to the gym and it was like, I could feel something stabbing my throat. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I went to my parents' house to grab a package. I talked to my mom and I'm like, mom, what's going on? She's like, you probably have something stuck in your throat. So she gives me like a something. I think it was like a Coke or a Pepsi or something. Just like, this will make you get rid of it. So I got in the yard and as soon as I burped, boom, there it went. 
I could see the thing. It was about the size of about half of a golf ball, and it was lodged in my throat. So that's good. Okay. Do you chew? You're a goddamn barbarian. Like, <laughs> what, is, what is happening with you? I don't know. It's uh, it's a trying time to be Tyler at this point, but uh, we're just going to work through it like a hockey player would and uh, gut through it. All right. I'm going to tell you what I tell my two-and-a-half-year-old every time he coughs. Chew your food. So that's from now on, chew your food. But we have a we have a show tonight. So yes, we've sir. got we've got things to talk about. We've got people to talk about. We have prospect tournament rosters to talk about. But off the top, what's happening right now is that the Detroit Red Wings are currently rumored. And this is just it's the world's most Not random alone, but rumor. They are currently rumored with it. <laughs> yeah, and it's I don't know how much I put into the rumor because it is from uh, John Dietz. John Dietz has 512 followers, and he is from the Daily Herald covering the Blackhawks, Bears, Cubs, and golf. He tweeted, he quoted uh, Open Ice that says Kane's recovery appears to be going fast and inspected. Patrick Kane uh, is quoted saying, could I come back early? Yeah, probably. It's a lot better than I was last year. And he quotes it saying, watch for Patrick Kane to sign with the Detroit Red Wings. Someone who knows Kane very well said he told him he wanted to follow Alex Dabrinkit if and when he was able to. Of course, there has to be mutual interest. So we'll see if Detroit extends an olive branch. And immediately, I mean, that's and I'll tell you how divided it is. I ran a poll saying, do you want Patrick Kane on the Detroit Red Wings? And right now it's final results, 2,830 uh, votes. 53% say yes, 47% say no out of uh, 20, over 2,800 people. So aside, so right off the top, and we'll throw this out here, and this is not what we're going to be focusing on. Yes, there are allegations. Yes, he was on the Blackhawks team when Kyle Beach was assaulted. Yes, he beat up a cab driver and has been accused by other people of doing other things that are not great. From a moral standpoint, we can 100% understand why you wouldn't want Patrick Kane on the team. What we're going to be focusing on is from a hockey standpoint, whether he would bring, I guess, enough to be worth a contract. All the other stuff aside, like we get it and we know, and I agree with a lot of it, and we all have our positions. But from a hockey standpoint, we're going to talk about Patrick Kane's impact on a team. Do you guys want to start with contract impact, or do you want to start with data impact? Let's go contract. All right. So evolving hockey, I pulled the contract projection for Patrick Kane. The most likely contract that they had him getting was a five-year contract at an AAV of $7.615 million. Automatically out of the window. Gone. That would absolutely not happen in Detroit. Five-year deal for a guy five that's going to be 35 November, in November? So it's five-year deal at 28%. A 28% oh, possibility sorry. of getting five yeah. years. But that's a lot of money, and we don't have that money. So don't have to worry about it. For a it's a lot of term. Year. You've got a 20% chance of a two-year deal. And I assume that is more of what he'd be looking for. But a two-year deal would also cost you an estimated $6.38 million, which you also don't have. The Red Wings right now, looking at cap friendly, are sitting at $5,156,527 in cap space. Thank you, weird Jeff Petrie contract for the world's most random cap number. Are we looking at the correct Patrick Kane or are we looking at the Patrick Kane that had 92 points in 2021-2022? Two years because ago, that's irrelevant at this point. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's my question. This is like, if, if that's the Patrick Kane we're talking about, 
then both of those deals would be on the table. Sure. But again, that's two years ago. A guy that we know very well has had his injury issues, and why he's had what, double hip surgery this past offseason. Is it double or is it single? He's had major hips. Regardless. Things that most guys do not recover well from. Now, here, here's where I wish we had the doctors on call. We can just be like, hey, how, how jacked up is he going to be? I'll have to ask Dr. Berkeley here. I don't think last year did him any favors. Yes, he put up, what, 92 points on a bad Chicago team. Now, for most of that year, he did have to brink it, am I not mistaken? I know that's where the oohs and ahs come from, but I don't see for, especially for where every other team is at cap-wise, unless you're going to, let's see, who's available for 6.38 million? You've got Nashville, Buffalo, Chicago, Anaheim. Of those teams, I can realistically see it happening would be Buffalo. Buffalo. Because that's where he's from. That's where he's recovering from his injuries from. He still has a house out there. So, I don't know. I don't think if he's wanting to go to a contender, which Buffalo could arguably be that, that they are going to pay him more than a couple mil. Especially coming off the injury. Or surgery, I should say. Not injury, the surgery. He played through it. I get that. He still made it through a full season. Went in the playoffs, sure. But that's still a big deal. Last season in 73 games played, he had 21 goals and 36 assists for 57 points. I don't think I need to go over his career numbers because everyone knows they are good. I mean, he's over a point per game player in his career, um, but he's got awards. He's a, He's got rings. He has what people would call leadership, um, but he brings experience is what he brings. He brings experience and knows what it takes to win on a team, but Looking at his and I pulled him like, man, Patrick Kane, I'm going to pull things that might like favor him. And I pulled his war chart from Jay Fresh. Still blows my mind. And it blows my mind, too, because including last season and I looked and I'm like, well, maybe it's better before last season. He had a projected. So up till now, a projected war of four percent with an EV offense of one percent and an EV offense of zero our EV defensive zero. We know Patrick Kane does not play defense. He plays the same amount of defense as Eric Carlson does, which is absolutely none. Uh, he's a 52 on the power play of finishing a 71, a goals per 60 of 64 and assists per 60 of 87. But his EV offense is a 1%. I'm like, well, maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll go back and just disregard last year and go from his 92 point season back. His projected war was a 9% with an EV offense of two and an EV defense of zero, which would mean that Patrick Kane um, doesn't really make your team win more games. I mean, barely. Is it just that the defense is so bad that it doesn't make up for the offense that he provides? The stats for what you just highlighted, like you look at the points, you usually think that there's going to be more of a correlation to a, a strong EV offense. It just blows my mind. Yeah, if you look at evolving hockey's charts, I mean, he last season was an overall of five, an offense of 60 and a defense of one. The season before, he was an overall of 58 with an offense of 68 and a defense of 15. So I feel like it was the hips that really killed him this last season. Like lateral move, we even talked about it, I believe, a few episodes ago. The lateral movement, gone. The speed, gone. The dude couldn't pivot because of his hips. And again, he had them fixed. 
But if you go back again and we'll plug it, listen to the episode we were on the the Dr. Hockey uh, podcast, it you don't come back at 100 percent. You don't come back as the player that you were before the problem happened. You have to learn how to play your game again, learn what you need to do differently to pick your game up. And you basically relearn how you can play hockey, which is insanely hard for someone who's been doing it. I mean, Patrick Kane is 34 years old. He's been playing hockey for a really long time, and now he's going to have to adjust to to see what he can do and how far he can push himself now. So that's kind of the the rub there in getting a a player of, especially at his age after having surgery, is the adjustments that are going to need to happen to be able to get back. Maybe he maybe he will get back and maybe the hip is a million times better and he'll be able to transition better and he'll be able to pivot better and bring his defense up. If he can do that, then sure he makes up for the lapses, but as it looks like last season and he may not even be available till halfway through the season, this coming season, the defense just looks like it kills any kind of offense that he provides. Which is crazy to me. It is, but it isn't, but you mean, cause you think back to those years when they were, cup hunting and cup hungry in Chicago. I'd be intrigued what the the charts are there because there's no doubt when you look at his hockey reference page, first thing that pops up in the top right-hand corner, three-time cup winner, won the con Smythe, Hart Trophy winner, Art Ross winner, Chester B. Pearson award winner, right? Chester B. Pearson, which is now- I was going to say, who the hell is that? (laughs) It used to be the Chester Pearson, I think. It's now the Ted Lindsay, I think. And he was also part of the NHL's 100 greatest players. There's no doubt that the track record is there for what he can bring on the ice. But now it's at what cost? That's where it, it, it scares the shit. I mean, like you, all the points you brought up in terms of he's not that big of a guy. He's not really going to bring anything defensively. And offensively, sure, there's things that could happen in terms of chemistry with him and Debrinket, possibly. I mean, you could argue that a Debrinket, Larkin, and Kane line would be similar to that of Debrinket, Kang, and Taves in Chicago. That's I think that would actually be very similar to how they would, and the the play the power play likely would be fantastic. But the hip scares the hell out of me. And if he's just because he says he's coming back soon, better than feeling great already, and can probably get it back out there, is he even back out in the ice yet? For rehab, I, he says it feels better. So I'm assuming he's doing some kind of skating. Otherwise, how do you say that? I, I, I just like you already mentioned, we go back to the doctor hockey guys. He's going to rush himself into a situation where, yes, mentally and probably strength wise, he feels he's OK, but his body may not be ready. So now you're as an as an, a GM, that's where I think these He's not going to get much more than two to three million for maybe a one year deal. Like Tarasenko, yeah, he had his injuries and got, he got what, five, six million dollar payday from Ottawa, but he's recovered. He came back after his injury and now he's out there and good to go. Kane is in a completely different situation at the moment where, because Tarasenko came back during the season and was set. Kane is now missing the majority of his offseason for any type of rehab or just getting back into game shape. We've already seen what that can do to guys. Larkin, cop, the last couple of years, granted different injuries, but you, you see where I'm going with that. Yeah, the uh, the just to correct you just quickly, the Lester B. Pearson Award is Lester. That, um, I don't know why I was yeah, thinking Chester. It's like, Sorry. It's, 
the most uh, outstanding player as voted by the NHLPA, which is now the Chester Award Trophy. So you are totally correct, other than you said Chester, not Lester. But regardless <laughs> of the Thank situation, you, Patrick Kane, we all know, is one of the greatest American players, if not the greatest American player ever. Is is it a situation where he can get back to where he was last year? Because if he if he can put up fifty seven points and twenty one goals, or about last year, you mean like the ninety two point season? Or I'm talking fifty seven points. I mean that's better than a lot of players on this team right now. Yeah. Um. You know, can he? Obviously, it depends on the situation and how he recovers from this surgery. Is he going to sign before he's quote unquote ready to come back or is he going to sign, you know, when he's ready to actually play again? That That's kind of the question. Well, to that point, what's the deadline to having to be, isn't it December? There's that December something. Yeah. It's December. But it's like something. December 1st or December, like first week of December. Right. So I guess it depends on whether he's ready or, you know, that December deadline, do you want to play playoff hockey or do you want to sit at home and sit out a year at 34 years old, which I would imagine at that point, would be like, all right, Patty Kane's hanging him up more than likely, right? So, or he's coming back at a one-year deal at the league minimum or something like that the year after. But regardless of the situation, I guess it depends on how he recovers from the surgery. If he can put up 65 points and 20 of those or 25 of those are goals, I mean, we've been looking for goal scoring for a long time. I know the defensive issues are certainly issues, um, but is it a situation where you can kind of live with it with him being a guy that's a goal scorer? Can he put tw- 25 or 30 in the net? Um, obviously you spoke on the off off ice issues. There's plenty to go through there. Um, but just, I don't know, Patrick Kane, I think he'd make your team better. I, I don't think, I know he'd make your team better, especially you rekindle him with the Brinkett. Put him with Larkin. I mean, those are three solid hockey players. You could put that in the top 10 and best lines in the NHL, I think, if if you were to put that together in Patrick Kane as anywhere close to that 92-point guy. Um, and that's that's really the question. Is he that guy? Is he the guy from last year? Or is he somewhere in the middle where, you know, 70 points and 25 to 30 goals? I don't know. Are you basing your points off him coming starting the season, though? Yeah, and that's the point. I'm not sure. We're not. Nobody's really sure whether he's going to come back for the season or it's going to be a December situation or even November, somewhere around there. But in terms of would get players to be excited to play with and just a, a great American player. I mean, the Red Wings have a litter of American players that I'm sure looked up to Patrick Kane at one point or watched Patrick Kane at some Dylan point, Larkin. especially guys like Dylan, Dylan Larkin. Larkin has said that sure. he did. I think that the only thing is is like it, it would depend on the contract. Yep. And I don't think I don't think he would take a year, so you'd probably have to do two. And then you'd have to take a really big discount. Like you'd have to say, okay, we don't know how your hips are gonna be. And if you're not coming back until January, I mean, I'll, we'll give you two years. It'll technically really only be a year and a half. And I don't know, two years at four million i mean that's that's more of a i guess see what you can do but i think even still that if it hits it hits and if it doesn't it's not great 
I mean, and then there's the fact that he's quoted saying living in Detroit, I actually hated the Red Wings, hated the Pistons, <laughs> hated all the Detroit teams. He's from Buffalo. He played for Honey Baked in 2003 and 2004, the US NTDP in Ann Arbor from 2004 to 2006. And this was when he was living in Detroit. I mean, he hates he hated all the teams when he lived here. So, I mean, you got to kind of and we talked about this earlier in the chat, like you can't walk those comments back. Because you literally said I hated Detroit while he lived like living while he lived here, he hated Detroit. So and I get he wants wanted to play with Alex to bring it again. Maybe if he was still in Ottawa, he would, but I just I don't know how how one Detroit gets it done. And two, how like he just doesn't go play for Buffalo because it's his hometown team and they've got a ton of money. Yeah, I mean, they'd, have, they'd probably have to make a move for a roster spot. Well, quick correction. So the, the December 1st deadline is strictly for UF, or RFAs, that arbitration or RFA, I think in general, the way I'm reading this. So it's I think for UFA, it doesn't matter as long as he's signed probably before the deadline. That's the only th- I'm trying to find it. I don't I don't see it specifically. But the biggest thing is December 1st, roughly, is the deadline so like a joe valeno if he would have went to that point he and not signed by december 1st they wouldn't have been eligible to play i don't from what i can tell that doesn't matter for ufa i mean yeah he's from buffalo that's one thing the other thing is he was probably what 17 18 years old i know at that point i was you know a hockey player not as good as patrick kane of course but i hated a lot of teams that i could give two fucks about now so i mean you could walk those back and say i was young i was dumb and, you know, obviously, I'm sure he hated the Wings when he was in Chicago. But that rivalry has subsided a lot. You know, I mean, the Hawks aren't as good. The Wings, you know, haven't been as good as we all know. Uh, and they only play twice a year. So it's the, the rivalry has subsided a lot. Um, I think the only way you get the, the deal done is if it's short money, short term. And... uh you know, it's because he wants to play with Debrinket or, you know, likes the young nucleus or for some reason loved Steve Eisenman or something like that. So what's your number? What are you comfortable with? Uh, two years, somewhere in the two to 2.5 per year. Ryan, what are you comfortable with? It's it's tough because like, are you paying him based off last season, or are you paying him based off two, three years ago? You have to give me a AAV and a year number. What are you comfortable with? I don't see it being knowing what you know. Two two years would be the max based on what I would think is air quotes appropriate at three to three five. Honestly, what I would do at this point is almost have it be a replacement contract with Fabry, but I don't think $4 million would be appropriate. I'm, uh, I'm in your boat. I'm saying two years at about $3.5 million is my, my ceiling because you still need wiggle room there. I, you're freeing up a ton of cap next season, but Mo needs a contract. Raymond needs a contract. Berger needs a contract. Rasmussen, I think, needs another contract. So you need to sign some of your young guys, and I'm do. not... Yep. Yeah, I'm not dumping cap into a 35-year-old Patrick Kane at that point who is coming off a hip surgery. Here's what it comes down to now. is If you're looking at an old guy contract, and I hate saying old guy because these guys are actually younger than me. Give him but the Perron. David Perron is 35 on an expiring deal. He'll be 36 next May. Yep. He's making four, four and three quarter. 
if Patty Kane will be 35, as I said, in November, like, are you paying, do you, would you rather pay a guy like Perron for another year or a Patrick Kane for two years and Perron walks after this contract? Yeah. And Perron hasn't had hip surgery. And his body, he can play defensively in his body. Yep. So I think we're all in the same boat. If it's low, if we're just talking, sign him on, sign him to play hockey, disregarding everything else again. It's got to be low term and it's got to be fairly low money or else you're taking the, the risk does not outweigh the reward at that point. So would you guys say low risk, low, high reward kind of situation? It's not it's, low risk whatsoever. After the surgery, I don't think it's low risk. It's medium to high risk, but potentially high reward. It depends on the cap, though. Two, two billion. You know, well, I'm not worried about the cap. That part no, we're saying just about. the signing in general is medium to high risk with potentially high reward. You don't want it to be Stephen Weiss like. Yeah, exactly. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, because it, it's it just comes down to missing time for camp, missing all this time for proper workouts in the offseason after a significant maneuver type surgery. I don't know. All right, we're going to end it with I don't know. Um we're going to move <laughs> into a commercial break. Uh message from DraftKings and when we come back we're going to talk about some words from the perfect human as well as the prospect tournament rosters. We'll be back in just one minute. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that is a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y or 67369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And we're back, and we have Nick Lidstrom with some predictions for the Red Wings in 2023-24. This was published a mere two hours ago by Kevin Allen on Detroit Hockey Now. Thank you to Ryan for dropping it in our chat, so I knew this existed. So Lidstrom uh, did an interview with uh, Gunnar Nordstrom over at Expressen, and he is quoted saying, we have strengthened the whole team, and I think we should be a playoff team in the spring. And if there's anyone that knows about playoff teams, it is Nick Lidstrom. I'm on Team Nick. I I hope that this may sway more people to Team Nick. Uh, He goes on to talk about a few other things. Uh, Lucas Raymond, he says he improved during the second half of last season, so he's not worried. There can be a dip in the second year in the NHL when all opponents know how good you are and the courting becomes tougher and everyone now knows how good Lucas is. But I'm convinced that he will come back with a little desire for revenge. That's like a great line from, from Nick Lidstrom. 
Uh, speaking on Elmer Soderblom, he says Elmer was unlucky with injuries at the end of the season in Grand Rapids. He absolutely has the potential to break into the team this fall, even if the competition is tough. So he's saying that Elmer's back on William Wallander. William has stepped up in Rogla and become more even in his game. He can be involved in all situations, and the idea is that he will stay in North America next season. If he doesn't get a place in the Red Wings before the start of the series, it will be Grand Rapids. And then on Edvinson, he says we'll see if he's ready for the season to start in October. But we are aware it may take longer. And don't forget that we also have Albert Johansson, who is fighting for a place on defense. So let's start with Lidstrom predicting playoffs. How do you feel? You feel better, right, Ryan? Because last last week you said you're on team no playoffs. I'm I'm still going to stick that way. And I will happily, like I said, lose this argument with myself that they Ryan will happily do a shoey on on the episode. I'm going to fucking happen. But you know what? I'll be okay with it. I won't care. No, it's it's interesting because you hear things like this from Nick Lidstrom. He was nicknamed the perfect human for a reason. I mean, he knows what a playoff team can be all about. And you look at the build of this one, it, it, it arguably could be. Will it be to be seen? We need all the cards to be laid down in our favor and it could happen. I like the way that he specifically called out so many Swedes. Obviously he would because it's a Swedish article, but Raymond, Peregrin, Soderblom, he even has a direct call out of William Wallander and how all of these guys are looking to be impactful coming into the season, Lucas in particular. And he, he feels that he should have the back their bounce back season that we're hoping for. If he does, that's huge. I think if he's out past his scoring pace from his rookie campaign, we're in a really good spot. And I think I've kind of talked about this over the last couple episodes about if some of these guys really shine through with their hopeful point predictions or point totals, like we see a Johnny Burgers popping off for 50, 60 plus points. A lot of good things are happening this season for this team. And what I think helps in terms of a potential playoff push is all of the youth that is available, skilled youth that is available to replace guys either at the forward side or defensive side. So I think that does play into Lidstrom's prediction. It scares the hell out of me because I think I've been ruined partly by any faith in an organization because of the Detroit Lions at this point. But again, another team that by the time, hopefully this episode's out before Thursday, go Lions, no Kelsey potentially for KC. Let's go. Um, I don't know. I, I Raymond, I think is, is a pivotal piece to the bounce back in regards to this article. And if he performs the way we hope, a lot can change. And I could see where that could play into his prediction. So I'm going to pause you for a second because I just got access to the J fresh historical player cards going okay. all the way back to 2007. And I'm going to take you on a Patrick Kane tour oh. starting in 27 or 2017, where his war was a 98%. 2018, it dropped to 95. 2019, it dropped to 88. 2020, it dropped to 84. 2021, it dropped to 60. 2022, it dropped to 18, and 2023, it dropped to four. So the decline of Patrick Kane started in 2017, 2018, to where it hit rock bottom in 2022, 23. So that answers so your question about you wondering. The of the Hawks. 
you wondered what his his war was on like was they win in 2013 is that when the hawks won he was at a 91 percent last in 2013 cup, cup one was 14 15 so 2015 he was at 98 percent so he was at his peak when they won the cup and yep. he has declined from 2017 onward. But again, we'll move back to Nick Lidstrom's talk about playoffs. Tyler, where are you at on the Lidstrom playoff training? Yeah, I think it's um, it's obviously interesting to see a guy like Nick Lidstrom come out and say something like that. Obviously, that speaks volumes, I would say. I mean, you know, you have a lot of young guys going forward. You brought in some veterans like DeBrinket and obviously uh, JT Comfer and, and guys like that. Obviously, you brought in a guy like Clem Costin and, and other guys like Gostas Bear and, and Hall, even though a lot of people have kind of made fun of that. But, um, and then you have a lot of young guys, uh, waiting in the wings as well. So it's, I could see where he's coming from. I don't know if I'm going to pick this team to make the playoffs yet. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the roster looks like. Uh, the final roster right before opening night. Uh, and we'll see where I'm at there right now. I'm leaning. Yes, but we'll see what happens. I, I kind of agree with them. And the reason I say that is, you know, year three for a guy like Lucas Raymond, could he become a 30 to 35 goal score? I mean, that puts you in a damn good spot, especially if Alex to can, you know, have 30 to 35 or maybe even 40. Is that asking too much? Um, you know, maybe a career year from Dylan Larkin. So I can see where he's coming from. I I think for the first time in a long time, you can actually see the possibility of where people are coming from when they say, well, you know what? The Red Wings are are, are possibly a playoff team. And you know what? That's, that's about where we want to be at this point. So Wing Wheel Media earlier on Instagram put out a Lucas Raymond prediction for the 2023-24 season. Uh, with a prediction uh, predicted 26 goals, 43 assists for 69 points, in which I replied, nice. nice. But also, I think he could hit 30. Like, my prediction was 30 goals and we'll say 40 assists for 70 points. And I think that's achievable for Lucas Raymond, especially if he plays power play with Larkin and Debrinkit. If he plays top line with Larkin and Debrinkit, we'll see how it goes. But it's a possibility and and Nick Lidstrom says revenge tour, and I'm here for a Lucas Raymond revenge tour. Put on all that muscle, looking swole. I think he could hit 70 points this season. And I think the team needs him to hit 70. I don't think they need him to be a point-per-game player, but I think they need to, him to hit 60 to 70 points for, for it to be considered a successful season for Lucas Raymond. Beat me to the punch. I was going to ask if that was something that needed to happen, and I, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel about him saying Elmer Soderbloom could make the team even with the competition on the roster. Now, last we heard, Dan Cleary said that Soderblom needs to work on his consistency, bringing the same game, uh, same mentality, same play every day, uh, same work to the rink every practice. If he has brought that, do you see a possibility that Soderblom could make the opening night lineup, especially with how packed it is? I could see him beating out of Joe Bologna. I think that's who you have to beat out, right? Joe Valeno, Robbie Fabry. Likely, if it's not Joe Valeno, it's Robbie Fabry. Maybe. I mean, does Fab? Got to think Fabry's back. What about a Christian Fisher? Fisher could be an odd man out. I could see that too. Because you've got a a different level of offense that Soderblom should hopefully bring that Fisher 
could do, but likely can't do. But are you going to get the same defensive output from Elmer that you'll, you will have from a Fisher? That's going to be the question. It's not going to come down to what he brings offensively more than anything. It's going to come down to what he ends up doing defensively that can set him apart and make him valuable to where the team's at from where he'd be on the, on the actual lineup. I think it's interesting. I think it's uh, it's definitely a situation where you you could see him making the team. It's it's just kind of going to depend on can he beat someone like, you know, we kind of alluded to it already, but a guy like Fisher who was signed this offseason or Joe Valeno who has just signed recently, um, is there an injury in camp that that helps him uh, make the team? That that will be the the interesting part to look into at you know once we get to that point. But you know if if he's really made that much progress and the roster is the way it is, he's going to have to beat somebody out because there's not just going to be a spot for Soderblom at this point. I don't think. I agree. And that is why we will move on to our last section tonight, which is the prospect tournament roster where Elmer Soderblom is actually going to be. So I think that is where you need to see the first huge step from Elmer is to just own this prospect tournament. So forwards, Riley Sawchuk, Nate Danielson, Carter Mazur, Matthias Malovsky, Dean Lucas, Alexander Doucette, Emmett Finney, Cross Hannes, Amadeus Lombardi, Israel Mainscum, Nick Sima, Elmer Soderblom, Jake Uberti, Marco Casper are your forwards. Your defense is Andrew Gibson, Antti Tumisto, William Wallander, Connor Punnett, Finn Harding, Jackson D'Souza, Tanias Mathurian, and goalies Sebastian Kosa, Jan Bednar, and Lucas Mecha. And it's, I mean, I guess I want to know who you need to see kind of just show up in this tournament and dominate. And I'm going to throw out a couple names. Like I just said, Soderblom is one. Casper, I need to see he's 100% coming back from this surgery and just destroys this tournament. I would love to see Hannes and Doucette light it up. I would love to see Carter Mazer go out and bully people. I want to see a huge showing out of Nate Danielson. Like he's supposed to go back to junior. Is this where Nate Danielson says, put me on the Red Wings? I doubt it. But he's got the frame and build to do it. He might have the game to do it. We'll see what happens. On defense, uh, Wallander should have a strong tournament regardless. Tumisto for moving over to North America. I want to see what he can do. And of course, Kosa uh, needs to come in and lock it down. But those are my guys that I need to see have huge, a huge tournament. I think my list is much smaller. I think Elmer is one. And if you're talking about making the wings out of camp, you got to see something crazy from either Marco Casper or Carter Mazur. I think Moore is right on the line for Casper. I think he is well aware that if he doesn't make the roster, he's going back to Grand Rapids. Fine. But those are the ones where the prospect tournament, and I think I think the Casper point, he was at the NHLPA, what, upper deck rookie so- showcase today? I saw that. <laughs> the world's mouthful of a, of a display is what yeah. he was at. So he was there today, I think it was. I don't know if it was just a one-day thing or not. No, it was today. It was today. Just yeah. today only. With Can you Bidar acronym that for me, Ryan? In the league right now. What's that? Can you acronym that for me? What would the acronym of, of that be? Do I need to search it to give you an acronym? R-R-S Rookie Showcase? Oh, yeah. Is that what U-D-D- it was? UDRS, yeah, something like that. Whatever. I'll look it um, up. So no, I think, but I think like those guys, and the reason I call them out in particular is because they've got time 
and have seen pro hockey. They know what it's about. But at the same time, this is going to be their springboard into a preseason, meaning they've got some games under their belt. They've got some skating and high intensity already built in. Granted, yes, I know NHL players, they'll do what they got to do. But we've seen it before. We saw with Raymond. This can be what propels them potentially ahead of a guy that might be a fringe roster player. So I, I think it's huge for any of them. Defensively, though, Wallander has the most riding on it, but I think that he's destined for Grand Rapids, so at least as of right now. It is the NHLPA UDRS would be what it is because it's yeah, the NHLPA Upper cares? Deck Rookie Showcase. He joined guys like Connor Bedard, Leo Carlson, Matthew Nyes, Brock Faber, uh, Will Kyle, so or Cooley. Is it Kyle or C-U-Y-L-L-E? I guess it'd be Cooley. Cooley? Sure, whatever. He okay. was there. He was on ice doing pictures for Upper Deck, which I'm sure for going to be for his Young Guns card that I'll have to hunt in the the next set coming up here. But I guess, Tyler, who are your, who needs to stand out for you at the Prospect Tournament? So I'm looking forward to Nate Danielson, obviously. You know, first-round pick, that's certainly someone to look forward to. Carter Mazur, obviously a guy that had the wings not went out and got the players that they did. Maybe he has a shot at making the team. Um, Amadeus Lombardi, obviously a very crafty player. Cross Hannes, see how he returns from the injury. He was hurt last year, right? Yeah, Cross Hannes had to have uh, shoulder surgery, I believe. Yeah, that's what I thought. So the aforementioned Elmer Soderblom, another guy, the big guy, can he really take a step kind of like Draper talked about already? Is he ready to take that step and maybe take a job away from somebody else? Obviously, Marco Casper coming off the injury. Um, we'll see where that goes. Obviously, we hope that he's 100% or at least getting getting closer to that. Um, and then obviously, Coast is the guy. I mean, Coast is the guy that you really want to see him take the net. Um, is he going to be, a, is it going to be a situation where he takes the net in Grand Rapids this year? Um, is he going to be the backup? Is it going to be a one, a one B kind of situation? Then obviously on defense, William Wallander's certainly a guy that, you know, you got to be looking forward to if you're a Red Wings fan. So those would be the guys that I'm looking forward to in this prospect tournament in September. It's, it is September currently. I believe the prospect tournament starts on the 14th. I think you're, Ryan, you're correct. correct me if I'm I wrong. Can't believe okay. we're in september at this point 14th right that's when the prospect tournament starts i think, I think we're i think it's the 15th god damn it it's it's in the middle of september the that's next the prospect week and a half to so two weeks i i will be in texas while the prospect tournament is happening yeah so, where else are you not going to be in, in the next month Greg? i will not be at the home opener because there is a oh, children's bitch. halloween camping trip that my in-laws planned uh that i must be at um, but do you also, know? do you? I do, I do. I, if Is the kids were a away? little older, it's in Indian River, so it's four hours away, four and a half. Oh hours. come on! No, Dad, Dad's not feeling so well. He's staying I'm home. He's staying not, home. Not enthused, but I understand. And if the ch- children were not five and two and a half, I could probably skip it. But I'm, I'm gonna do it. And I'm going to make the family happy and I'm going to do it. But before we end tonight's episode, I want to give a huge shout out to my daughter who had her first day of kindergarten today. Hey, and is like the world's best student. She loves it. 
was for the past month talking nothing but I want to go to kindergarten. She had a super awesome time. Uh, she's going to make a ton of friends and it was really awesome. So uh, big props to Lily for her first day of kindergarten. It, oh, yeah. it was a it's a proud dad moment sending a kid who wants to go learn to to school. You're so, such a dad, Greg. I, I know, man. It's great. 14th is the prospect tournament. 14th. Let's go. Prospect tournament on the 14th. But I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off time because I really don't have anything else to say about the prospect tournament. It has shrunk in size. It's now only four teams. It's still going to be just as cool. I recommend it to everyone if you've never been there. Ryan, have you ever been to the prospect tournament? I unfortunately have not. I know okay. several people that will be actually attending this year and supporting actually working it. Cool. Um, I'm jealous. Maybe one We're day. We're going next maybe season. Huh? We're going next season. Yep. Bring the family. We'll go next season because it's uh, it's a fun trip. I brought Lily when she was three <laughs> or two, and she loved it. It was awesome. She stood there and just hit the boards. It was great. Ryan, you hit hear what he said? Bring the family. Bring the family, oh, man. I get, a Air, I get an Airbnb, and it's just for the weekend, and it's awesome. Tyler, so, you're my unofficial kid at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've never been, if you've never been, I highly suggest going to the Prospect Tournament. It's a really cool time. And if you stay for training camp, you can actually like get autographs and stuff. It's a lot of fun. But I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. And we will start with um, Meat Throat. Oh, God. <laughs> that's that's not a great uh It's going to stick. Have, I'm going to get you a jersey anyhow, with it on the back. Um, yeah, no, final thoughts are I'm just letting you all know that I am coming into town for the um, the Wings home opener. Um, it's going to be an adventure to get from Ann Arbor to Detroit for the... Uh, the winged home opener, but I am going to the Michigan Indiana game that day as well. So that will be an adventure. I'm sure I'll be tired, but I'm sure I'll be very drunk as well. So looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to seeing all you guys and especially Do you have Ryan. tickets to the home opener yet? What? Do you even have home opener tickets yet? Uh no, not yet. Get them now. Like right now. Like stop what yeah. you're doing because if you want to sit anywhere nice. It's almost at $300 a ticket. That's all right. I'll probably sit up top. It's fine. Usually I would say no, but at this point, I mean, it's kind of last minute. I didn't think I was going to be coming at this point, but I am going to make it. So I would suggest at least mezzanine if you're going up top. That's what she said. To your dad's knees. That's a good point. Good point. But yes, I am coming to town for the home opener. Uh, so I am looking forward to seeing everybody and cramping Ryan's style while I'm while I'm in town. Got a so, full basement uh, I can banish you guys to. We're good now. Definitely looking forward to that. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Ryan, no, I'm pumped. Wings stuff is only nine days away, the 14th through the 17th for the Prospects Tournament. Looking forward to hopefully some good coverage there. Can't wait to hear Daniela and Ken Cal going at it. Um. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I did find some. Finally, got a hold of my uh, ticket rep for the year. So, if we're trying to do group things, it sounds like that is one of her specialties. Greg, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So, if you got an idea of what you want to do, let me know, and I will talk with her. Oh, do I there. have ideas? I figured you did. I already planted the seed, and I guess she actually came. She was with the San Jose Sharks the last couple of years, and she handled all their group ticket stuff. So. We you can. let her know you you're you're part of a pretty prominent podcast. I may have, yes. Great, yeah. it opens so. the door for me. Thank you, Ryan. So we'll uh, we'll figure it out. I, I didn't say who. I didn't want to be that much of a douchebag, but I said I'm with the podcast. I'm not with that one. And I'm not that Ryan. So. <laughs>
<laughs> I made that okay. point. Socials. Um, but no, I just want to throw that out there. And uh, Tyler, if you do need help potentially with tickets, let me know. I can try to have you get, in, get you in touch with her. I may actually. Okay. That's, that's good a good point. So on that note, already ran 33. My final thoughts are head to our merch shop where there is currently, and it might be over by the time this is posted, currently a 40% off sale happening right now. Is that why we had some sales hit today? Check, yeah, check my, check the Grindline podcast Twitter at GrindlinePod for uh, the code and see if it's still working. Um, I put up some new merch. There's an Andrew Cop shirt now done in the Cops TV show font, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a Huso shirt that just says Hoos on it. It's, it's a good it's a good shirt. And then we've got uh, Mo Cider Jesus. We've got the one I'm wearing right now, which is Mo with the Flow. It's a good one from his uh, draft picture. And there's uh, there's a lot up there now. And there will be more throughout the season as well. But you can follow me online at Breaking the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet for hosting us and spreading us around. And Vintage Detroit for being the absolute best people to do your Detroit jerseys. All of your Detroit jerseys. Get them from Vintage Detroit. They're amazing people and have an amazing product. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape, where if you use a promo code Grindline, you get 10% off. And bring hockey back, if you use a promo code Grindline, you get 12% off. You can also go sub to us on YouTube and watch us make fun of Tyler in video. It's amazing. Happens all the time. When Tyler's not here, I put up funny little pictures where he should be, and it's awesome. So go ahead and go over to YouTube, sub, turn on the notifications. You get to see a bunch of pretty graphics and everything we are talking about. I try to display on screen for everyone to look at. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.